As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I got my old sweetheart back in my arms again And that good Mr. Bluebird, he's working his charms again And lady luck, she's taking her sweet old turn I got happiness, happiness to burn So don't ever go Don't ever be a fool again I got my heart on my sleeve And it's dedicated, dedicated to you Keep the fire warm until that moment I return, we'll have happiness Happiness to burn Happiness to burn 
Welcome to Backstory Song. We're here with Jenny Van West to talk about some songs from her latest album, Happiness to Burn. Jenny? Hello. How's it going, Doug? Great. Thanks for being here. Would you like to start by talking about the title track, Happiness to Burn? Yeah, absolutely. About five years ago, I was granted an amazing opportunity that blossomed into a major change in my own life here in Portland. And that was, I started meeting immigrants from Africa. And we have a lot of them here. Last, you know, five or seven or eight years, we've had many, many people coming here from Congo Brazzaville, Democratic Republic of Congo, Cote d'Ivoire, Burundi, Rwanda, Gabon, Burkina Faso, but many, many people from DRC, Rwanda, Burundi, Congo Brazzaville, and oh, and Angola. Let's not forget Angola. So as this process unfolded, I started to get involved with getting people situated in apartments, helping with French translation because I speak French, um, and just learning a lot about the process of immigration as an asylum seeker. Most of the African immigrants in Maine are in an asylum process or were in an, an asylum process. We also have people here on from the green card lottery, et cetera. So long story short, I had an opportunity to start really observing the way Americans just are. And I didn't plan this. It just happened. I was welcomed into people's homes. I would sit on people's floors in sketchy apartment buildings, being welcomed, being fed and just allowing myself to get caught up in these truly amazing and remarkable people that have relocated to Maine. And what I started to notice was that we started to have gatherings at our house. Like this was like one of the first things I thought of. I was like, I just want to get to know people and let's all get together and play music. So we did that. I started inviting people over to play music I brought together people from countries that have historic problems with each other. Like, I didn't even know I was doing that. Like, we just all were learning from each other, eating together, playing music. And what I started to notice was that my African friends would come over to the house. They would show up in their best shoes and basically dressed in their Sunday best. And they could relax for like three or four hours and do nothing but stay in the good stuff, like the laughter and the... How's the family singing songs? Just there was just such an overwhelming positivity. And it was my American friends and sometimes even myself that after about 45 minutes would start to need to talk about bad news that happened to somebody else, like totally unrelated. Oh, did you see this in the news? Oh, did you hear what happened in Scarborough? And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is just weird to me. And it was so the opposite of the way I had thought people deal with either relative comfort or relative difficulty. I was looking at this tendency of my American friends and myself included to have to just bring up bad news at a certain point, you know, like just can't stay in that good restorative space that you can have when you're with your friends. You know, it's not really a judgment so much as it's an observation. And I was like, it's like we got happiness to burn. You know, these are people who have an education. These are people who haven't experienced tremendous difficulties in their life compared to my friends who are coming from war zones or from situations where there was horrible oppression going on, major human rights violations and stuff like that. And I'm like, 
the heck's going on? So that was the phrase that came to mind. It's like, we got happiness to burn. So I started to write that song. And of course, like the first iterations of that song were this like, you know, like gut wrenching, soul pouring out, depressing interpretations, kind of critical, you know, like, I was like, well, this is not going anywhere. And one of the things I love to do with songs, especially if I'm hitting some sort of creative little log jam or something in a song, lift the song out of whatever environment I've put it in. So let's say I've gone the first place that occurs to me with that song, which was ended up somewhere very depressing. Nothing against depressing songs. I'm all about them. But I was like, this isn't working. So I was like, let's throw this into a pretty standard swing progression and write that song. And what I ended up writing was, oh, here's the song. This is about being in that place and allowing oneself to rest in that very restorative place when the good times are rolling, you know, and just allowing that to feed us and store up some goodness because the other stuff's coming, you know, life is that way, you know, it's, it's not this constantly good thing or constantly bad thing. If we're blessed with a, with a relatively good life, there are still ups and downs, but how do we stay in that restorative space? Well, I have to say, I, it was not what I expected from you uh, <laughs> when I when I first played it, because it is this big band, traditional jazz swing, great American songbook kind of sound. Thank you. And I was like, wow, does it start with a ukulele, is it? And a tinkling piano, the intro? Is- Actually, that's, uh, that's a mandolin. A mandolin. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I yeah, missed, I missed yeah it's a mandolin. It. When we were... Producing that song, that whole album was produced in Los Angeles by Shane Alexander, who's a fantastic singer, songwriter, and producer. And we didn't know it was going to be the first track on the record. I remember hearing one of the iterations of that song with Mike on mandolin, just on his own. And at first I was like, I don't I don't know if this works for me. And then I was like, wait a second, this is what it's really all about. It's really all about being with people. I say this a lot when I'm playing shows. It's about it's about being with people. Music is about the people. The music has got to be excellent, but it's really about the people and it's about how we connect with each other, how we connect with ourselves. And so that feeling of just like sitting in front of somebody, I'm so grateful that my record starts that way. Just being in the room, that up close and personal kind of a feeling. I really like how it's the whole first verse that goes through and then the bass comes in in the second verse with these whole notes and it's just like complimentary thing dropping in the song. Yeah. And I'd love to say uh, a little bit about the bass on that and on the record in general. That's Ted Russell Camp. When he's touring, he's everywhere. You look at his Instagram every week. He's in a new place. He plays with Shooter Jennings. He's been in his band for a very long time. And basically, there wasn't a note out of place from Ted on that record. It was such an incredible gift that he agreed to be on the record. And he brought this depth of musicianship. I mean, they every single person on that record did this. But Ted being the bass player, you know, being the one that's in conjunction with Austin Beattie on the drums, holding down and grounding that music is, you know, it's just, it was just an incredible gift for me to have that. I often talk about space in songs and 
this song has like this beautiful space where everybody stops, where you say the title of the song and the title of the album, Happiness to Burn, in the chorus. We'll have happiness, and then everybody stops, and you get to sing alone. And I just love that. The session that I did in LA in 2017 to make that record, and then there were performances that were added during the month after the week I was there. The setup was engineered by Shane and by our mixing engineer, Brian Yaskolka, who is one of the <laughs> American geniuses of audio mixing and also just a lovely man. And I think, you know, they spent a lot of time up at Brian's mixing this record. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to talk about it because I haven't talked about this aspect of the experience, the journey that I've had with this album in a while. So I appreciate bringing these things up and listening so carefully and noticing these things because this is the genius of Brian and Shane in the mixing room and also of Hans DeKlein who mastered it. And from there you go into this really beautiful piano interlude. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the love of the composition. The piano, all the keyboards, all the keys of any kind on this record, I think almost all of them were Carl Byron. And he's a LA musician. Again, you know, extraordinarily busy man. And you know, when it's hard to get people that you're onto something. When you, <laughs> when you come across really fine musicians who have all kinds of time Except for right now, all bets are off, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm also been just incredibly grateful to have his presence on that record. I mean, I, I know I sound like I'm just <laughs> you know, saluting over and over and over again the names of these people. But as I'm bringing it back into focus right now, talking to you, especially right now when everything's ground to a halt, just to realize that that happened and that it was supposed to happen again. Actually, I, w I was supposed to be out there a couple weeks ago making another record, which obviously didn't happen. So being grateful for having time to reflect right now in this kind of a way. I know I'm moving around on topics, but it comes back to this. Having time to reflect and say, wow, you know, I made this incredible record with these guys. And we did that. And we're going to do it again when things relax a little bit. It's going to happen again. It's good that you remind us that we have happiness to burn, that our African immigrant friends in Portland are able to teach us something that we shouldn't take for granted. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And touching back on that topic, I just want to say that, you know, during the last five years, I have been learning lessons. I mean, I have an awesome family right now. I have an incredible extended family, um, which has been a huge part of the support for my music career. But there's always more lessons to learn. And the lessons that I've learned from my immigrant friends from all over, because they're not just African immigrants in, in Maine, we've got a lot of people from the Middle East, Syria, Iraq, Iran. What I've learned from these friends of mine are lessons about the basics. It's about family, what is family? What does family do for each other? What does that really mean? What does it mean when somebody crosses that cultural boundary and just absorbs you into their family? I have people who call me grandma. I have people who call me auntie. I have tons of people who call me their sister. Which do you like best? <laughs> well, I think grandma is a pretty interesting one, considering that I'm, I'm not uh, quite there yet. 
but <laughs> you're not a grandma yet. So yeah. Is that insulting or no, you, not at all. Term of not, endearment. You, no, you, no, no. It's, this is what I've extrapolated. This is what I've learned from people. When you leave a culture that has centuries of family structure, connection, tribal connection, even people who live in big cities feel these tribal connections very powerfully. It's another layer of being human that in the United States, a lot of us don't have that sense of being part of a tribe, like actually being part of a tribe. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that. But one thing I've discovered is that when people are rebuilding their lives, especially if they come as a family group, there are positions in that family that are vacant. And if you're lucky enough to have a grandma or three that you're able to bring into your family, and that is the position of the greatest honor, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a huge honor to be be called grandma in someone's family. Be called Nana or Papa in there. Yeah. Oh, Papa. Yeah, exactly. Like, so for instance, I realize we're straying from the music a little bit, but this has infused my sense of what it means to be a musician so much that I'm glad we're talking about it. Because that sense of belonging, you know, coming back to that sensation of being a part of something and what that really means and how do we create that for each other, most of all. You know, how do we create that sense of being a part of something where we're not necessarily all on the same page, but we're enough on the same page that we can agree on certain things? Like, I'm hungry, let's eat. You know, I'm lonely, let's get together. Our family's doing all right, so we're going to hang homemade donuts on your door every couple of weeks. That happens to us. We get beignet from one family every couple of weeks, and that's their way. That's their cultural way. This is the family in which I I get called grandma. That's their way of saying, we're cool. We got enough to eat. We love you. Everything's cool at our house. There's a lot of these kinds of communication things, which is great. So when I see beignet on my door, first of all, it's always incredibly humbling because I'm like, I can't believe I have people in my life who do this on a regular basis. You know, this is family. My family of origin is 600 miles away or more. And there's people here. I got people here who are letting me know they're all right. And they're letting me know that if I'm not all right, they're going to be there for me. We all need that. That's a tasty thank you. That is a tasty thank you. Yeah, you want you like homemade beignet? Come to my house. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 